Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout-out before we begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to use this opportunity to give a huge shout-out and thank you to the awesome people who've supported me over on patreon.com slash quarantine. So, huge shout-out and thank you to... The patrons, Mr. Big Bence, Anomaly, Neo Royal, Draco Lucian, Nick S., and my newest Patreon, Infamous Fridge. If you're interested in supporting me and helping me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. Well, we've finally done it. We've gotten to October 2021. I can't believe we're already three quarters of the way through the year, but that means we're in some people's favorite time of year. Not necessarily my favorite time of year, but a lot of people really do like the fall season. So in order to talk about this awesome time of year where we get to break out our flannel and drink hot cocoa and do whatever in the hell else we do in the fall, I think that also brings us up to a very interesting time of the year regarding Magic the Gathering content, and that is the one and only Moxtober. Now, to talk to me about Moxtober, I've invited one of my very special friends on to talk to you today and hopefully help you understand, just like me, what Moxtober is. So I'd like to welcome back to the show fellow flannel fancier, Mono Whiteboarder, a.k.a. Peter. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for bringing me back, MJ. I'm super pumped. It's Moxtober. Yeah, I know. So Moxtober! <laughs> yeah, so for the people who are listening out there who don't know what Moxtober is, just like I was before, uh, before we went on the air here, could you explain what Moxtober is exactly? So, yeah, Moxtober is a month-long magic design creativity extravaganza in the vein of inktober if you're familiar with that so inktober uh, is a month-long experience where artists draw images based on single word prompts each day of the month in this case uh august 1st the inktober prompt was crystal moxtober uses the same general format for creative endeavors in magic so that can be art, that can be custom magic designs, that can be decks, commander decks, standard decks, it can be fan fiction, it can be an MTG-inspired dance. If you can think about it, if you can connect it to MTG, it can be a Moxtober experience, if you will. Interesting. So effectively what you're saying is that it's just a kind of a month-long celebration of everything that goes into magic's more creative sides here kind of like uh trying to think you see i always i knew i had this in my head before we started and i knew i was gonna forget and i forgot uh kind of like uh oh the 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 writing uh the writing challenge month is is it september Maybe. I, I know exactly what you're talking about it's definitely in the same vein oh. just get your creative juices flowing with magic the gathering this is that's gonna hurt it's like the fifth thing i've forgotten today i i apologize for that but uh yeah for for anyone who's interested in hearing about that uh or at least the the writing challenge effectively people try to write fifty thousand words in one month it's a personal Mm -hmm. challenge there's no real prizes associated with it i've never done it personally but i know people who have 
And just it's the opportunity, kind of a challenge to try to be creative when you have time every day and just see where that goes without any kind of consequences if you just happen to not have the time or if you just don't have the inspiration. So it sounds like this is pretty much the same as that. Yeah, absolutely. So in Moxtober, the goal is whatever you really set it to be, right? So I'm trying to design 31 cards for the month of October. So that's a single card a day. Um, but if you should really just try and do what you can do, it's about doing what you can do. It's about pushing yourself and, uh, you know, challenging yourself. Um, and when we challenge ourselves, it's not necessarily about succeeding, but seeing how far we can go. And then, you know, next year we try again and see how much farther we can go. So Last year, I set the bar really high, and I did 31 different mono-white commander decks based off each prompt. Um, I had a Chitness combo deck. I had mono-white vampires. I had uh, mono-white griffins. I had a deck that was every as expensive I could get it. It was uh, I called it Back Up the Brinks Truck, and... Each card was the most expensive version of whatever card I could find, and the the deck totaled, like, I forget how expensive it was, but it was far more expensive than any deck I've ever considered building. Um, and this year, instead of doing um, a deck each day, because I'm in different circumstances in my life right now, I do not have the time to build a new mono-white deck as good as my experience is building mono white decks and as much expertise as I have, there's no way I have the time to do that. So this month in October, uh, I am designing a different skeleton card based on the prompt each day of the month. Uh, and then I'm doing the artwork on them. So I'm challenging myself to draw. I'm not an artist. I'm not a drawer, but I am challenging myself to draw and learn how to draw in order to help, um, add artwork to my cards with the help of my partner, Shelby. And then I put an additional restriction on myself of, I only get an amount of rules text equal to the day of the month. So October 1st, I gave myself one word of rules text. October 2nd, I get two words of rules text and so on and so forth till October 31st, where I get up to 31 words of rules text for my card design. Ah, so, you, so you got kind of a modern day questing beast thing you're going to do, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So part of that goal was I feel like cards are getting really wordy in magic. I feel like there has been a tension of cards having more words, but not necessarily a positive upgrade in complexity. So part of my challenge, both to help make me a better designer as I do um, custom design through the Beacon of Creation Discord, which is kind of where Moxtober started. I believe the um, progenitor of Moxtober was Bradley Rose, um, but there's quite a few people who help make the month what it is and make it so exciting. Um, Bradley Rose, Mark Confidant, and uh, Caillou are the three people in the Beacon Discord server that really push it, and they all three do a ton for the month. I know um, Mark Confidant on Twitter, he is the one who pulls in all the words and has everyone vote to get our daily prompts. So day one was Rebirth, and day two is going to be Mystery, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of amazing words provided from the community, a lot of them that I have to look up in order to know <laughs> what they mean so that I can design something for it. But I love that because 
it just helps me learn more about what different words I can add to my vocabulary. Um, so there's a ton of people contributing. The Beacon of Creation Discord has a whole channel dedicated to it, and there's just custom designs rolling in from everywhere. Um, there's custom commander decks that people are building. I mean, it's just... I Can you tell I'm excited about Moxtober, MJ? Is, <laughs> no, is that clear? <laughs> no, not at all, Peter. Not yeah, at I, uh, all. I... I I was losing my mind the last week in September, just like, oh my gosh, can we get to October, please? I'm so excited. Just, I don't know. It's just, it's a great, you know, in this community, it is just 100% positivity, I feel like, where sometimes you're getting frustrated with commander discourse or you're getting frustrated with, you know, Wizards of the Coast and issues with printing or issues with design or issues with whatever, you know, Moxtober is kind of a step back from that of just create stuff and get excited for what other people are creating and help other people create stuff and just, you know, see what you can do and, and just explore the potential of whatever creative endeavor you're you're setting out to do and push yourself to see what potential avenues of creativity that you can unlock that you didn't realize you had before. I did not realize I can draw, but Shelby has been super positive and encouraging and I'm really happy with the drawings i've done so far for moxtober well, that's definitely good uh before we get to what you've started doing with moxtober i am going to say that i now remember what i was trying to think about a couple minutes ago it's national novel writing month and it's september still i think it's september so if if mm -hmm. you're hearing that for the first time you're kind of too late for this year, I guess. So sorry about <laughs> that. But I, I forgot too. I, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. But anyway, I digress again. I do that a lot. Anyway, so uh, we are recording this on the 1st of October. Obviously, you're not hearing this on the 1st of October, but we are recording this on the 1st. So Peter, you've only done one card thus far, correct? One sketch? So... I cheat a little bit, and I actually work a day ahead. So I oh. do have two total designs, two Whoa. total skeletons ready to go. All right. Yeah. Well, let's walk through your design process for the first challenge, which is your one-word challenge, and your topic are skeletons. Because who would have thought that Mono Whiteboard were like skeletons, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have a skeleton tribal deck. I love skeletons. Um, at the end of the month, I'll be writing a blog post um, about why I love skeletons and why I, you know, skeletons bring me a lot of joy and also a lot of, um, you know, intellectual pleasure. But this first challenge, so for the first day, the prompt was rebirth. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to kind of give a... Uh, I want to breathe new life into the original skeleton design. It's a classic skeleton design. The very first skeletons uh, ever printed were in Alpha, and they're the classic Drudge skeletons. So one black and a black to regenerate, and they're a one. So I wanted to kind of do a new design, modernize it a bit. We haven't seen Drudge skeletons since M10, or not M10, 10th edition. We haven't seen Drudge skeletons since 10th edition. So I designed a new updated one that I think, you know, up the power level so that you could play your drudge skeletons in quotation marks today. So I designed a card I call Slog Skeletons. The cost is a Phyrexian mana and a single black. So you can pay mm -hmm. either two black or two life and a black. 
for a 1-1 skeleton with regenerate and the cost to regenerate is also a Phyrexian mana. So I'm still technically following the original format of one black for the skeleton and then black to regenerate, but I'm upping the power level because now it's Phyrexian mana, so it can be a lot cheaper. It can be a one mana one one if you're willing to pay the life. And the flavor text that I worked really hard on is perfect mindless machines, entirely organic. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I came up for the first day. I'm pretty happy with it overall. You know, it might be a little bit pushed, and how playable is it? I set it at common. I don't know, but the Phyrexian mana does kind of limit it to a Phyrexian-inspired plane. So I would have liked it to be a little bit more universal, but I do enjoy that. I feel like if you printed this for my skeleton tribal deck today in Commander, I would include, I would find a slot for it because it's pretty powerful effect to be just paying two life to regenerate my 1-1. One, one. That's, a, that's a blocker for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, at least until uh, you get hit with the burn spell or something. Not, not that I would know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, you would never hit me with a burn spell. Oh, mm. I'm, I'm just gonna find some co- super convoluted way to just like hit you for three or something. It's like oh, I didn't do it. The, the other thing I like about slog skeletons is that uh, I feel like there's probably some sort of deck that would want it as a, uh, a pay life outlet. So like Villas would love it because mm. you just continually pay two life to regenerate it, and you draw a bunch of cards. Oh so yeah, that, that'd be perfect. added utility that Dredge uh, Skeletons yeah, doesn't have. Yeah, uh, and it'd be bonkers in a Kyrick deck too, because you can yeah, already yeah. pay two life to cast. Oh yeah, so effectively pay four life and you can cast it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So Phyrexian mana is really dangerous, but uh, you know, on just a one-one skeleton, how scary can it be? I don't know, Peter. You're the you're the master of the skeleton boys, so you tell me. Well, I'm just using it as a 1-1 regenerate in Skeleton Tribal, so I say it's uh, just really good, but it's not broken at all. I mean, Phyrexian mana's already pretty broken as it is, but... No, 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 it's fine. (laughs) I I think that's what they said about Gutshot, too. (laughs) And Birthing Pod. Yeah, those aren't banned anywhere, right? Get Probe. They're legal in Commander. Get Probe. Yeah, they're oh, all legal and commanders, so I don't see any problems here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, throwing shade at the 60-card formats there, huh, Peter? <laughs> just a little bit, just a little all bit. Right, all right, right, settle down. I like Vintage down. and Legacy. You want me to move on to design number yeah. two here? Yeah, so, so Give everybody... now that you have two words to work with, are we going to get a... Uh, my question for you, Peter, is are we going to get a skeleton with first strike or are we going to get Last Strike? That's kind of a fun one from one of the unsets. Uh, double Strike? Um, trying to think of some, you know, could we do something with Myriad? Maybe something with Haste? Death Touch? I, I like, okay, okay, you got one of the abilities I put on it. I did put Death Touch on the creature. Yes. I like all of the... Death Touch is one word, by the way, so I, I, I have I, another I ability to use. And, and, and yeah, for, for the people out there who don't know, I love Death Touch. My first 60-card constructed deck was just Death Touch Tribals, so even though you hear me talk a lot about Boros and white and green and whatnot, Death Touch is still one of my favorite keywords of all time. So with that, I digress back over to you, Peter. Yeah, so I think you're really going to like this design because Ooh, it is... That's good really janky mj is right <laughs> up your alley so um the prompt for day two of moxtober was mystery so i was trying to think to myself okay what's mystery 
what is a mysterious keyword that I can use? Because I'm only at two words, so I can't use a whole lot of text. I'm kind of locked in on keywords. And what I came up with was morph. And then I got thinking about megamorph because morph is this mysterious mechanic of what could be underneath, uh, what could be the face down card there. Oh, it's so, always Willbender. Always. Unless, <laughs> unless it's Brittle Assassin. Brittle Assassin is one black for a one zero. What? Death touch, but it has Megamorph. Okay. So you may cast this card face down as a 2-2 two, two for 3 mana, uh -huh. turn it face up at any time for its Megamorph cost, and put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. Okay, yeah. yeah so, if you it, so if you Megamorph it, so if you, on its face, it's a 1 mana, 1-0. One so it just casts for 1 mana, and it dies. Because a Skeletal Assassin, you know, if you see it coming, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to stop that. Skeletons mm -hmm. aren't that scary. You'd just be like, hey, guards, take that thing away, right? They're not very good assassins. They got to sneak up on you. They got to surprise you and scare you. So you play it face down, and then you megamorph it up. When you, you block something, and you megamorph it up, and it has death touch, and you trade up with whatever you blocked, right? But mm -hmm. uh, I also I thought about not giving it a mana cost, but I decided I really wanted to give it a mana cost so that if you had some interesting play with uh, something that could bring it back from the graveyard or when it dies, you know, maybe there's some potential there with a blood artist like deck where you just want to play a one drop that dies right away so i decided to give it a casting cost at one and a zero but i like the idea of this skeleton assassin that like it tries to stay hooded and go through the crowd and then it basically pops out and it takes you out but you take it out because it's just a weak little skeleton and uh that kind of idea of that assassin so i got my skeleton assassin here in brittle assassin i don't know it's you are the jank connoisseur. Is this janky enough for you, MJ? I mean, I I feel like if you wanted mystery, what I would have done actually was gone with investigate, I think. That would have been so kind of cool. But again, since you were trying something different, um, yeah, I, I, I like morph. Morph is fun. I, the trick with investigate is, so part of my challenge is I'm trying to make skeleton creatures. If I was just putting like skeleton theme cards, maybe I could do investigate. But because I'm doing skeleton creatures, I I need something to trigger. Like, a one-mana creature can't just say investigate. It has to say enters the battlefield investigate, right? And yeah. that's going to be more than two words. Yeah. So I, right. I did. I tried to look for a way. How can I put investigate on this card where it doesn't take up a bunch of words? And I just couldn't figure it out. So that's why I went to morph. You should have just put, like, ETB colon space investigate. <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> that's cheating. <MJ. laughs> Tap investigate? I don't know. You tell me, but I, uh, that's dang it. That is it. You figured it out. All I had to do was give it an activation cost to tap, investigate or, ah, or, or, or something dang. useless, like a uh, five and a black or something, investigate, you know, something that would kind of scream. This card is like limited common. Mm -hmm. if, 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 yeah. if, if you didn't want to make it busted, that is, mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I can't believe I did not even cross my, I got stuck on the morph thing and I really liked it, but it did not even cross my I mind mean, that I could just activate, investigate. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like the, the concept of Morph and Megamorph there. Morph is one of those things where I've kind of always wanted to build a Morph deck, never quite figure out exactly how I want to do that. Uh, but yeah, Megamorph sounds pretty fun, especially for a 1-0, because I, I can think mm -hmm. of a lot of people who run a lot of like grave Gravecrawler type effects where casting a skeleton for one black that's immediately going to die 
you could easily go infinite with that with a million different things, putting the trigger on the stack, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see that being quite playable, actually. Yeah, I uh, I do really like this car, this idea, because Megamorph is this much maligned ability from Constantark here of, like, it's Morph, but with a plus one, plus one counter. Like, that's not interesting. This at least gives Megamorph something unique that Morph cannot do. If this had Morph on it, it would still just die, and there would be no point to ever unmorphing it. Mm-hmm. Megamorphing it, you know, there's actually a point. Like, it lets you trade up with a lot of things, and that's kind of interesting. How much is the Megamorph cost? It's only one in a black. So basically, okay. basically it's, yeah, it's four mana for a Death Toucher, a 2-2 Death Toucher, essentially. It's actually going to be five mana, but it's three to cast Morph. Three to cast, and then only one black, to, uh, just a black, a skull symbol to okay. morph, Megamorph. Yeah. So four oh. total. Okay. Oh, okay. you said one black. I was thinking one and Yeah, black. yeah. Okay. Wait <laughs> right. a minute. Okay, yeah, that that is far more reasonable. <laughs> okay, wow. So, yeah, so now that you've told us a little bit about your first two cards, can you give us any hints on what you're thinking about going forward? Any particular keywords you really want to throw in there any ideas that you just kind of playing around with but don't know what to do with yet so right now both of my skeletons are just mono black so be on the lookout for me to explore what skeletons might look like in other colors other than black um, as i start to go through and kind of explore uh, different types of skeletons Um, blue skeletons are definitely prevalent but there aren't a whole lot of white skeletons in magic so definitely be on the lookout for me I can't help myself. I got to put some mono white stuff in there. Be on the lookout for a mono white skeleton at some point. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's definitely going to happen. Hey, if, if they could put zombies and vampires in white, you can do skeletons. Absolutely. Yeah, because I don't think... Yeah, I, I looked this up a month ago. There isn't a single mono white skeleton existing in the game right now. No, there is no mono white skeleton. Um... Most skeletons have black in their casting cost. That makes sense. Um, so skeletons are definitely very black-centered. I would love to explore what skeletons look like in other colors, especially with Adventures in the Forgotten Realm showing that, you know, the race creature types of elf, orc, fairy aren't necessarily locked into just being one color. They can be present throughout an elf can be extremely lawful a goblin can be extremely intelligent there's no reason that any one creature type is locked into a certain color so you know moxtober like i said it's the time to explore and push yourself and find new creative discoveries so i'm definitely going to be trying to explore what skeletons look like in other colors um i just haven't found the prompt for that yet but there's 29 more days so i'm definitely sure it'll be there Mm-hmm. seems good any other ideas you have going forward just you know like drawing concepts anything you really want to try doing that you haven't done yet so so far my two drawings have been pretty simple i had kind of a skeleton that was in a marching pattern uh, i made the mistake of i didn't scale it right so i had to cut off a bunch of the artwork and then i had For Brutal Assassin, it ended up being a hooded skeleton, and I got a lot of practice with um, different types of shading and kind of um, how I kind of stylistically interpret it. And something that Shelby has been really stressing for me is just 31 days of drawing 
you're going to really hone in on what your style is. And right now, I don't even really know what my style is. Shelby says she likes it, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what that style is. I'm just, I'm just drawing in whatever way I can. So I think I'm really excited to see what I come up with and continuing to push myself in that front, different angles, try and get different motion. I haven't added any background to these arts yet. So maybe adding background in some later um, designs as I feel more comfortable right now, I'm just really antsy whenever I draw and I'm like, when I get something I the way I like it, I'm like, I don't want to add too much. I don't want to ruin it. So as I get more comfortable, I am hoping to add a little bit more complexity to each individual drawing. Mm -hmm. So it's effectively just like myself with this podcast, just in drawn form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very similar. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a really interesting project on your hands there, Peter. It, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And if you want to join the Fun Off Moxtober, there's still plenty of time. You can follow myself, Bradley Rose, Mark Confidant. Any of those people are going to be have the prompt list. You can join the Beacon of Creation Discord. You can go find them on Twitter at Beacon of Creation um, and find the prompt list and just get designing and doing whatever creative outlet you want to do related to magic the gathering. Sounds good. And you mentioned your blog earlier. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that again, where people can find that if they're interested in seeing the whole product. Yeah. My blog is monowhiteborder.weebly.com. I talk about mainly mono white for October at the end of October. Like I said, I'm going to try and delve into, you know, my skeleton ship deck a little bit. It's Halloween. Skeletons are very Halloween-y. So delve into that a little bit and explore uh, what my why I have a fascination with skeletons and why I like them so much. And you're going to, now that you've mentioned Delve, you're going to do a Delve one, right? Ooh. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That, the, ooh, the, there's another interesting mechanic from the cons block. <laughs> <laughs> see, it all comes full circle once we start talking about Megamorph. Yeah, yeah. Megamorph is the glue that holds this podcast together. <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, I, I'm still pretty impartial in my Death Touchers, but uh, you can probably have me as well at Investigate. That's that's pretty fun. So nothing like, uh, since it does tie into my costume quite nicely, I, I might add. So you know, my, my, my own little bits aside here thank you peter for taking the time to talk to me today it's been really interesting hearing about moxtober and just really a fan created creative outlet i suppose yeah i've enjoyed discovering moxtober last year was just kind of fun like oh i'm gonna do this and this year i've just delved in wholeheartedly and am just really excited to be a part of this moxtober community that uh, its progenitors have helped to create. Sounds good. All right, so that's the end of our episode today. Again, thank you, Peter. And if you're interested in checking out Moxtober, definitely make sure to follow the links and follow the people that Peter have mentioned. They're great people. Definitely check that stuff out if you're interested. If you would like to listen to any of the previous episodes that Peter has been so kind as to guest on or the entire back catalog of the MTG and Quarantine podcast, you can find those in the usual podcast outlets. That's going to be Spotify, Google, Apple, Player, FM, MTG, Cast, Pocket Cast, Rocket Cast, 
and a few other places that I always forget. So I'm I there, there's a lot of them. So most places where podcasts can be found, you can find my podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at at MTG in quarantine, usually talking about random stuff, talking about random janky cards that I like, doing some gameplay stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely make sure to check me out on there. And I'd also like to give another huge shout out and thank you to the awesome patrons who are supporting me over on patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine. So another huge thank you to Mr. Big Bents, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, Neo Royal, Nick S, and my newest patron, Infamous Fridge, for supporting me over there. If you would like to support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine for more information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.